Welcome everybody to the Halacha Podcast. Last week, we were talking about some of the special foods that we eat in Shabbos and the significance behind them. I'd like to continue a little bit about the same idea too. Perhaps the most popular Shabbos food is that of Cholent. Now, Cholent actually has its source, the more brings down, but the tour says also, the importance of Cholent is that a person does not eat Chamin, does not eat Cholent on Shabbos, there's concern you have to check into a lineage of that maybe if he's really if he's a if he's a believer of the Chazal of the rabbis, meaning to say, because the Torah tells us regarding Shabbos, Lo Savaru Shabbos. You're not allowed to burn or, or kindle a fire in your house on Shabbos. Now the Tznuk and the Sadducees, who do not believe in the oral tradition, they used to say that that means a person is not allowed to have a fire burning in his house on Shabbos which means they say they would sit in the dark and only eat cold food the entire Shabbos. Now we know the Chazal, the rabbis teach us that the prohibition only means you're not allowed to kindle a fire in Shabbos, but you're certainly allowed to have a candle or fire burning in your house on Shabbos. Therefore, in order to be able to show that we don't believe in that, we deliberately have hot things and fires in our house on Shabbos. The woman lights the candles before Shabbos, going into Shabbos, starting Shabbos in the evening with the candles with light being burnt the lights burning in the Shabbos candles. And then the following day, it's customary to have hot food also that's kept on a, on a fire overnight to show that we're allowed to have a fire burning in our house on Shabbos. So that's the source of eating hot food on Shabbos. And in Hebrew, it's called chamin, hot food. The word chalant, actually, it's interesting where it comes from. Some people actually say it might be connected to the French word chad, which is like chad, chant, chad, which means hot. Others seem to say that it might be a little bit of a, the source might be the word sheyalin. Sheyalin means to say that it stays overnight on the fire. So cholent pretty much came out from sheyalin cholent, sort of like sort of like that. Now again, cholent in different different types of cultures, it, it has many different, takes on many different forms. Some places, some they believe in the German Jewish community, it's more of like a soup. In other places, they have all different types of spices and the European cholent would have, would have, barley and bean and potatoes. In the Lithuanian challenge, they put dried apricots in there also, all different types of foods in different in different cultures. But the, the common denominator is that's supposed to be something which is hot. And indeed, if a person can't have challenge, whatever the reason is being, he should try to make sure to have some kind of hot food during a day on Shabbos. Now, getting back to the beginning of the meal, we spoke a little bit about the challah last week. I'd like to talk a little bit about how the challah is, is cut on Shabbos. Normally, the halacha is when a person makes the bracha on food, you're supposed to be careful to try to minimize any interruption between the bracha and the actual eating of the food. Nevertheless, the bracha is supposed to be said on something which is whole. You want to try to make a bracha on something which is whole because it has more importance, greater chashivas, than something which is cut. For that reason, the halacha says that you're supposed to make a little cut in the, in, let's say, in a bread, we have a whole bread, a whole loaf. Make a little cut in it before you start making the bracha in order that to minimize the sick, minimize the interruption. Today, um, our breads are not that thick anymore. It used to have very like hearth-baked breads with a very thick crust, so it took a little cutting. It took a little effort to be able to cut through the bread in order to be able to, you know, to make the bracha on it, to be able to eat it first. So that was more of an interruption. Our breads today are, don't really have that kind of a thick crust, and therefore it's not as important. Nevertheless, commemorative of this, it is, it is generally a custom on Shabbos 
to circle the bread a little bit, to make a little mark on the bread. Not to cut through it because it's supposed to be a complete loaf. It's supposed to have shnei the two loaves of bread, two complete loaves of bread, whole loaves. But nevertheless, to make a little mark on it, commemorating the way they used to cut through it a little bit to be able to minimize the hefsek, minimize the um, minimize the interruption. While holding two loaves on Shabbos with the bracha, <coughs> the Mishnah says that at night, the bottom challah should first be cut. In the day, the top challah is cut. On Yom Tif, both at night and by day, the top challah is cut. Now, the problem with cutting the bottom challah on Friday night is, though, there's an interesting halakha principle that you're not supposed to pass over a mitzvah. So if the upper loaf is closer to you, as it usually is, then by cutting the bottom challah, you're passing over the first the first challah, which is passing over a mitzvah. So for that reason, the Mishnah says you're supposed to hold the two challahs, and indeed the halacha says, Mishnah says, you're supposed, the Torah says, you're supposed to hold the, put all ten fingers on the loaves of bread while you're making the bracha. The ten fingers relate to ten different mitzvahs that are related to bread. So you hold the two loaves of bread together, but the lower loaf should be held a little closer to you than the upper loaf. And that way, it's no concern about passing over a mitzvah. After you make the bracha, the kala is cut. Traditionally, a person should take a small piece for himself and give a larger slice to his wife first. That's a way of showing proper respect and honor to one's wife. The more it says, the person shows to show more honor to his wife than he gives himself. And if by giving her a larger piece of challah, that's showing greater, it shows greater respect to his wife than it is for himself too. After that, he should cut up other pieces of challah and, and give them out to the people at the table. The challah should first be dipped into salt. That's a general luck. Whenever a person needs bread, the, there's person should always have salt on the table. The reason for this is because the rabbis tell us that our table today is cons- compared to the mizbeach, to the altar. And regarding the food on the altar, the posse tells us, al-kor korboncha tarkiv melech. A person always supposed to have salt on the on the mizbeach with the food. And if a person should have the salt on the table, traditionally, based on Kabbalistic reasons, he should dip the bread or the challah into the salt rather than just sprinkle it on. And then afterwards, pass the challah around to the rest of the, to the, to the, rest of the participants at the table. Challah should be given generously. Person, the halacha says a person shouldn't be stingy with challah. You should give each person a generous slice. But nevertheless, the person shouldn't eat too much at one time because that looks a little bit, a little, 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 little coarse, a little inappropriate. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be together again next week in Red Session. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.